Good morning, everybody. My name is Julian Hoers, and here you are listening to Morning Chat, Good News and Politics. Today is 16 degrees in Amsterdam, 16 degrees in Brussels, 16 degrees in Paris, 16 degrees in London, 16 degrees in Bucharest, 16 degrees probably somewhere else, and 18 degrees in Madrid. Today we've got plenty of good news. First of all, happy Victory in Europe Day. Today is the 75th anniversary of the formal acceptance of Nazi unconditional surrender marking the end of World War II in Europe. However, it should be remembered that the war continued for a little while yet with the campaigns in the Pacific against the Japanese Empire. So it didn't necessarily finish just yet, but no reason not to celebrate what happened in Europe. Now, New Zealand had declared victory in COVID-19 after having been very swift in responding to the coronavirus pandemic, introducing some of the strictest lockdown measures across the world on March 25th, when the country still only had 205 cases and zero deaths. They saw it coming, they dealt with it, and it seems to have worked. Vietnam and Taiwan also both seem to have absolutely crushed the pandemic as well, and many countries such as the Netherlands are now seeing a severe reduction in the daily death toll, which is only good news and means that the medical services are able to do their jobs, they're under less pressure and things are working out. Humanitarian aid has resumed with the EU airlifting supplies to the Central African Republic with an initial flight having left Lyon in France with 10 European countries taking part including Belgium, the Netherlands, the UK, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Austria and Switzerland. It is good news. It is. It means that things are slowly moving back towards normality, that we are able to start giving support to other countries that need it and that things are working out for us in a better way and if we can help them then we can help them stimmy the deaths and the problems that many have predicted particularly this biblical famine that the uh, UN's food agency decided well claimed was on the horizon if we didn't act today is going to be a special uh, today is going to be a special episode because I've got one big question where someone wanted me to answer What's going on with Brexit at the moment? What exactly is happening with these negotiations? Has Brexit happened? Are we in transition period? What's going on? Now, to clarify straight away an issue that I see many people having on social media, Brexit has already happened. A lot of people, especially commentators who should know better, are claiming that it's still possible to stop Brexit, that we can still fight Brexit. All this, this sort of negative discourse that's not really helping anybody to actually react to what's happening today. I can confirm for you guys very clearly that Brexit happened on the 30th of January at 11pm GMT. This is a fact. Brexit cannot be stopped. You're going to have Brexit regardless of whether you like it, whether you're a Lever or a Remainer. That's it. What's happening now is that we're on, we are in a transition period where because of the way that the uh, withdrawal agreement was agreed and the negotiating strategy of the EU. The UK is now in a transition period where it's able to negotiate a trade deal with the EU and right now it seems like it's hitting a couple of roadblocks with the European Commission trade boss Phil Hogan saying outright that there's no real sign that British friends are approaching the negotiations with a plan to succeed and the thinking is actually that they may be delaying these negotiations and making sure that they are less successful because in some conspiracy, conspiratorial thinking, people are saying that they are hoping for a no deal Brexit and that they are able to, they're hoping to be able to blame this on COVID 19.
Now, I'm not necessarily in agreement with this. I'm not necessarily thinking that it's necessarily the case or that they are not doing this for sure. What's certain is that there are poor behavior, there is poor behavior going on at the moment and that these are impacting the negotiations overall. Now, the British government is continuing to refuse a Brexit extension, which may be a ploy to amp up the pressure on the European Union's task force. They may be doing this purely to, to play a game and play it dangerously, play it very close to the line, which is what a lot of people saw when they were negotiating the withdrawal agreements. And a lot of this may be influenced by the fact that the British will have seen there having been success when they were finalizing the withdrawal agreements, with Boris Johnson's team undoubtedly believing that they managed to hoodwink the EU and beat the EU into an agreement that they didn't want. Now, this may not actually be the case. I don't think it was because the EU very clearly gave very small concessions that were not very, very severe for it. And that, for the most part, were actually in the EU's favour as it meant that the EU got the withdrawal agreement that it wanted. That was very, had very little change compared to the Theresa May withdrawal agreements. And Boris Johnson was able to go home to the UK and be happy. Overall, there are a number of disagreements happening right now with the UK wanting access to EU-wide data sharing agreements and access to central intelligence databases that are used by the EU's law enforcement agency Europol. Now, the EU does not want this to happen. And there's a number of reasons. First of all, they don't trust the UK to actually handle the data responsibly and they want assurances that the UK is going to process all the data and look after it in line with what the EU regulations say, particularly GDPR. Now, there's also the issue where the UK, in a cowboy-style action, decided that they really wanted to just take the data that was in Europol and illegally downloaded what is used by most agencies, most border agencies, and most European member states, the Schengen Information System, and downloaded every single piece of data that was on that system, without permission, purely so that they had a database that they could use prior to Brexit happening and losing access, which meant that every EU citizen that had data in the SIS, which is everybody, now has the data being held by the UK, which may not manage that data correctly and poses, in my view, a security risk to the data security of the EU citizens, especially as data security is becoming more and more considered a human right. Now, the both sides want to work together in a number of uh, aspects. So they want to work together when it comes to research and development, transport, chemical waste, law enforcement and judicial cooperation. However, there is a thing that needs to be borne in mind when looking at these is that the EU is playing hardball when it comes to fisheries. Now, the EU wants access to UK fishing waters on the same level as they had when the UK was a member state. However, the UK is refusing this because despite fisheries only really representing, I believe it was 3% of the UK economy and maybe 0.5% of the UK workforce, the populists in the UK government, as well as those such as Nigel Farage, pushed very hard for fisheries to be a last line of defence for the UK people. For the British industry, fisheries was blown up out of proportion and was believed to be the single most important measure in the negotiations. And effectively, 
the UK, the EU has just said that if there is going to be no deal on fisheries, there will be no deal at all. This is being pushed by French President Emmanuel Macron due to the proximity of the French coast with the UK coast and the fact that the UK uh, fishing borders would actually overlap into what the French currently have now and it's causing all sorts of problems and there are even some nonsensical proposals by the UK where the UK would establish effectively complete dominance over fishing in the channel with I believe some members of the government having previously said that they wanted a 400 kilometer border for fishing only for the UK which as many people would maybe be aware this overlaps into the Seine in Paris which is complete nonsense and does not make sense at all which has been pushed back by the EU and the EU is not going to hear any of it. Now there's another issue with the European competition regulations where the EU, particularly leaders such as Emmanuel Macron and uh, Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor, were concerned about the way in which the UK may cut its regulations, make itself look more competitive to compared to its European neighbours, and try to undercut the European economies by becoming what's been commonly known as Singapore on Thames, a low regulation haven where business can go on in an environment that is not as highly regulated as the European economies and the fear with this is that the businesses that are in France or Germany or Belgium or Netherlands may actually move to the UK that economic economic powers that run that bolster economies in many countries such as China US Africa and Asia may choose to ignore Europe and go to the UK instead setting up base in the various hubs that are being set up by the UK and that this would negatively impact the European countries. Now, I believe that this isn't necessarily as likely as people believe. We need to wait and see what happens because we've got the UK-US trade negotiations that are opening soon. And I believe that the UK is going to have a rude awakening when it realizes what's going to happen when it actually comes into contact with a global superpower that has very little respect for it, as Donald Trump has shown, the American president. Uh, that will effectively take advantage of the fact that the UK is now going to be a very small state with a very low amount of relative power compared to global powerhouses such as the US, China and the EU. Now, the has also been a, an argument over the uh, a part of the Northern Ireland Protocol and the Withdrawal Agreement overall, which has states that the EU can have an office in Belfast to oversee what is happening with the withdrawal agreement and to make sure that uh, the Northern Irish area is going to actually be following the rules that have been set out in the Northern Irish Protocol, which means that it follows the rules and regulations of the European economies, of the single markets, and of rules of origins and all of these complex trades sections of the withdrawal agreement. And the problem is that the EU does not trust the UK to actually follow its commitment, which is that all goods that are destined to enter Northern Ireland will be checked according to EU regulations on food, phytosanitary procedures, storage and tax. And that these the EU wants to have an office to actually be able to observe what's going on and to make sure that it knows exactly what's happening and that everything is going according to plan. Whereas the UK is possibly, and in some cases, government officials have said that they are happy to 
agree to this at first just to get the ball rolling and then ignore this down the line. The EU doesn't want this, the EU wants an office, and despite the fact that the UK negotiating team had agreed to this office, and even David Frost, the current UK negotiator, did so in writing, they are now refusing this and it is now gotten into a situation where the British government is having to roll back its comments, is having to try to defuse the situation because the UK became very aggressive about this, the EU became very aggressive about this, sorry, very quickly and very fast. And just, it has a possibility of causing some diplomatic damage between the two countries. However, we're going to have to wait and see what happens in the foreseeable future. We're going to have to wait and see how COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic is going to hit all the European economies, how much damage it's going to do to the UK economy, and how all of these countries are going to come out to this, because this is going to have an effect on the way the, the negotiations are going to go, the way in which cooperation between the states, whether it's being publicised highly or not, is going to show an impact on how these countries perceive each other and is going to help us to understand how exactly these states are going to behave in the future negotiations. There has been a degree of securitization on this topic by uh, President Emmanuel Macron, Chancellor Angela Merkel, even Prime Minister Mark Rutte in the Netherlands. And these are all going to play an impact in what is happening and what is going on and how all these countries are going to behave. The next negotiation phase is going to start next week with, I believe, Michel Barnier expected to be in London soon. Well, not in London, it's going to be done through, through Zoom. But the negotiations are going to continue and we're going to see what happens now. Anywho, thank you very much for tuning into this video, guys. Please like and subscribe to this like this video, subscribe to this channel and show some support. It's very helpful for me to be able to get as much as many views to these videos as I can because this is how I'm helping people to understand what's going on. This is how I'm getting questions in. The more people that are watching these videos, the more questions I'm getting. And honestly, I'm doing this to help you guys. I'm doing this to help you guys understand what's going on, to answer your questions, to cover the topics that you guys want to hear and to make sure that you guys understand exactly what is going on in the world around us. Tomorrow is Europe Day, so there's a video coming for that, so I hope that you will look forward to it. And guys, please, if you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook. I'm Julien Hoez on both of these platforms. You can even find me on Instagram if you want to find me there. And again, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for your support, and I hope that you guys have a nice day, that you're looking after yourselves, that you're looking after each other and other things are going well. Guys, have a nice weekend, have a nice VE day, have a nice Europe day, and I will see you guys in the next video. Take care.